This is the Alcazine Brief with Peter Hoffman. In this episode of the Oncogene Brief, I'm talking with Dr. Anthony Johnny. Dr. Johnny is Senior Vice President Patient Centricity at Estellas. In this role, he is responsible for leading the development and execution of Estellas' global patient centricity strategy. To understand patient centricity, consider the fact that 10 years ago, patient centricity wasn't even a concept. In most cases, drugs were developed if scientists could achieve innovation without considering if companies should actually develop a medicine based on real-world unmet medical needs and the perspectives of a patient. And while patient centricity has become an industry catchphrase, not everyone has the same understanding of its true meaning. The concept of patient centricity comes from the United Kingdom's National Health Service idea of no decisions about me without me. But patient centricity is more than a catchphrase. In the most advanced form, it's about the meaningful use of insights from patients to support the development of health solutions, including the development of novel therapeutics. Unfortunately, the simple truth is that only a few companies really understand the true meaning of patient centricity. The essence of patient centricity requires companies to have a listening ear, to listen to the patient, to listen to what they think and understand, and to really understand what they mean. Especially today, it's essential for pharma companies to listen to the patient in order to stay relevant. According to a number of peer-reviewed studies, patient centricity, and with that increased engagement with patients and providers, leads to better care and overall lower health-related expenses. In this process, information is essential. Information may help all participants involved in this process to have a better understanding of a particular disease and the individual unmet medical needs of the patient. To succeed, it means engaging with the patients at a much earlier stage than has traditionally been the case. For example, patients and patient advocates and their organizations may help in the drug development phase, including clinical trial design. By doing so, pharma and in its wake the entire life science industry can then leverage the patient's expertise and the detailed knowledge of their own disease and their own medical history to provide more efficient patient-centric care. In his role as Senior Vice President and Head of Patient Centricity at Estellas, Dr. Anthony Gianni helps guide the company to really understand the patient journey in a real-world setting. Earlier in his career, Dr. Gianni spent nearly 15 years in clinical practice serving as a primary care physician, Chief of Internal Medicine, and Chief Medical Officer for a health system in the northeastern United States. In his view, medicine is more than a novel drug. And he said, at the end of the day, we are not here to treat a patient. We're here to care for a person. Having a conscious awareness of that person in every activity from every area of the company every single day ensures we will create truly meaningful innovations. More than ever before, there is a need for innovation that can ease the challenges and the worries patients and their caregivers have. And this is particularly so amidst the current COVID-19 pandemic. And it may especially be the case for patients diagnosed with cancer. In their process of listening to the patient, Estella's Oncology years ago established the Changing Cancer Care or C3 price. The C3 price is more than a listening exercise. 
is an effort to foster innovation in cancer care beyond medicine and change the entire experience for patients, caregivers and loved ones. The C3 Prize is open to anyone with a great idea to change cancer care. Past winners have developed charity initiatives, patient education programs, apps, augmented reality experiences and other programs aimed at changing the overall experience of cancer care. Any idea that can have an impact, especially if it's simple, is welcome. This year, Estellas Oncology is looking for ideas beyond medicine that can bring solutions to everyday challenges facing people with cancer, including concepts that can ease the increased burden of the COVID-19 pandemic on cancer care and health disparities affecting patients and caregivers. The program will award $200,000 in grants and resources to help winners develop and advance their ideas. The award is open to anyone with a great ID. Past winners included patients and their caregivers, healthcare providers, business leaders, and more. The C3 Prize is a global initiative, and past prize winners including participants from Nigeria, Europe, the United States, Australia, and other countries. To learn more about past winners, go to c3prize.com forward slash winning IDs. If you have a great ID, Applications to participants are open now until September the 28th. To learn more and apply, go to www.c3price.com. I'm Peter Hoffland, and this is the Oncazine Brief. The Oncazine Brief is developed in collaboration with our online journal Oncazine at oncazine.com. Here you can find additional information and the latest news about cancer, cancer diagnosis and treatment, and cancer prevention. For more information on how to support a program, visit our website at oncazine.com. And if you're living in the United States and want to receive our newsletter, text the word CANCER to 66866. And we will make sure that you'll receive our newsletter, which includes an overview of the latest news in oncology and hematology. Now, let's listen to our interview with Dr. Anthony Gianni. On the phone with me is uh, Dr. Anthony Gianni. He is the Senior Vice President, Patient Centricity at Astellas. Dr. Gianni, welcome to the Youngest in Brief. Thank you, Peter. So uh, before we're going to talk about uh, the uh, Astellas C3 price, uh, some of the things that your company is uh, started about, I think, five years ago, how are you and your family and your co-workers at Astellas doing uh, amidst this uh, yeah, COVID pandemic? Yeah, thank you, Peter. Uh, it is a unique time for sure. And thankfully, uh, we're doing well um, overall. Uh, I think we've made some difficult adjustments, but very successfully within my division and also within Estellas. And we're still having a fairly strong impact on the work that we're doing and on our patients. Uh, and hopefully, uh, we'll all be uh, progressing through this and it'll be behind us soon. Right. Absolutely. And I think... Uh if you look at uh, the, the the outcomes, unfortunately, in some countries, there is a little bit of an uptake uh, in, in infections. In other countries, it is a little bit less. But there is a lot of work being done in this area to uh, to help and make sure that we can indeed uh, restore or back to uh, what we would call a kind of a normalcy within a relatively short time, hopefully. Now, talking about Estellas um, and yourself, um, can you tell me a little bit about Estellas as a company um, and, and what you guys are doing um, in, in oncology and other areas of healthcare? Yeah, so, you know, my, my focus is in the area of patient centricity. And in the way of background, I'm a medical doctor by training and I practiced 
clinical medicine for 12 or 13 years prior to entering pharma. I was also chief medical officer of a hospital system. So my my career has been very fortunate in that it's been patient facing um, mm-hmm. throughout the entirety of it. And when, my work here at Estellas involves patient centricity, which was which is creating an organizational structure that can integrate the patient, their insights, the caregiver, and the healthcare practitioner into new drug development so that we have a deeper understanding of the patient need and the potential value of new therapeutics. So we align what we're working on, our resources, to medicines that we believe will have clinically meaningful benefit in a clinical setting. Right. Now, often you hear about uh, drug development, and if you go back to the, the history and, and, and how drugs are developed in general, um, it's often the eureka moment uh, from, hey, we have something that basically looks at the science of, of medicine and, and how important things are, and hey, by coincidence, it may work on the treatment of certain diseases. That is not the way you work. Um, you look at, at the way how patients can benefit or what the patient's needs are. Is, is that a little bit the way you do guys, the things at, at the Stellas? That's exactly right. So we've created processes that allow us to integrate, to access patient insights and integrate them through teams that are highly specialized throughout the developmental continuum to integrate those insights into decision-making. So while you're right, there is a eureka moment when great science is discovered and has the potential to impact human health. The second eureka moment that we, we've um, sort of created is, okay, but how do we link that to a clinical outcome that matters to patients and that physicians believe will be impactful in the treatment continuum? So great science is still a foundation to how we're going to treat uh, patients moving forward, but we also believe that understanding the patient, creating an understanding of value and need, and integrating that into how we develop medicines is going to be critically important for not only Estellas, but all pharmaceutical companies moving forward. Let's take a break, and then we're back with our interview with Dr. Anthony Johnny. Dr. Johnny is Senior Vice President Patient Centricity at Estellas. Each day, researchers make new discoveries that bring us closer to the moment when all cancer patients can become survivors. Some days they take small steps. Others, huge discoveries lead to giant leaps forward. This progress, both small steps and giant leaps, happens with the help of clinical trials. Clinical trials are a fundamental path to progress and the brightest torch researchers have to light their way towards better treatments. And if you've been diagnosed with cancer, they may be your brightest ray of hope. Clinical trials introduce new hope in addition to the current standard of care by allowing researchers to provide participants access to cutting-edge and potentially life-saving treatments. So if you're interested in exploring new treatment options while helping to light the path for other patients, clinical trials may be the best choice for you. Speak with your doctor and visit standuptocancer.org slash clinical trials to learn more about clinical trials. Together, we can stand up for all of us. This is the Oncozine Brief with Peter Hoffman. If you're just joining us, this week I'm talking with Dr. Anthony Johnny. Dr. Johnny is Senior Vice President, Patient Centricity at Estellas. 
In the program today, we talk about Estellas Oncology's annual C3 prize, a global challenge designed to spark cancer care innovations beyond medicine and to make a big impact in the cancer care community. Yeah, and so in, in, in shifting that model from, I mean, and, and I guess it is a collaboration of different models, of course, but if you, if you now look more at the patient's impact or the, the, the needs of patients, how does that change the way you look at drug development as, as a process? Well, I think it changes it dramatically. Again, good science and innovations are going to be critical, but aligning those innovations with appropriate patients or patient subpopulations, understanding how that particular molecule as it evolves into a medicine will impact disease, and what does clinically meaningful look like to patients and physicians and their caregivers. That's going to be a critical distinction moving forward because developing these molecules is a very complex process. So to, to develop them without an understanding of the patient, without bringing that patient into the, the decision process, their needs and value is a mistake. And it, it would create the potential for resources being put into particular projects that aren't aligned with what patients or the community feel is necessary. Right. So when you're looking at patient centricity, it is it's a term that is not uncommon um, it, it's sometimes different in different companies where it talks about client centricity or uh, other, other kind of forms of centricity. This is really something, this is a guiding principle for Estellas or for y- your team working on drug development. It certainly is. And the commitment uh, of Estellas is, is complete in this area. We are developing processes to create a patient-focused medicine development continuum so that not only will we access patient insights, but we've created internal teams that can utilize these insights and help guide research development and even teams post-launch to understand more fully the patient, not only as we're developing molecules, but in the real world setting where we focus in on behaviors and understand behavioral behaviors that both impact and create opportunities for better care because we can create molecules that treat patients, but we also have to understand how to care for patients. And that's really where the C3 prize is really connected, right? Beyond the medicine, beyond the pill, how do we create opportunities through understanding patients much more completely to deliver something that's different and more meaningful? You know, let's, let's talk about that C3 prize a little bit in, in later in the program, because definitely that's the, the key for how you work. But but one question comes to mind when you when you look at at real world data and and real data and how that works. Let let's look at at clinical trials for example. When you look at clinical trials, very often you um, see that their inclusion criteria, exclusion criteria. Now the FDA a few years ago has said it's like that. We really need more data. We really would like to see more real world data. We would like to see uh, more data in in women and children. When when you look at your approach, patient centricity, and you start looking at, at at more information that may impact the patient, is that some of the things that really is also part of that patient centricity? It is. So if you, if you look at how we develop new medicines from a from discovery where a scientist has an idea through research through the developmental process, licensure and launch, and you talked about regulators. If you can imagine a parallel process that starts to understand patient need, patient medical value of new treatments from the very first 
discovery moment when scientists start to think about a molecule, but matching it up so that as the molecule becomes more formulated in reality, we have already understood a bit more about that patient. As you enter development, part of understanding how this particular, how the science will impact disease is creating the clinical trials. And certainly diversity of clinical trials is very important to Estellus and to industry in general. Creating the right populations under the right settings would be, um, I think, everyone's goal. And certainly regulators are looking at that to determine what the impact of the particular new medicine would be and what would be approved. One of the other uh, ways that patients are, are, are heavily involved in clinical trials is with, count, with advising on clinical trial protocols and informed consents. All of those things are really important so that we get insights, insights from patients. At the end of the day, I, you know, I like to call this the humility of industry, that we understand we have very smart people creating very innovative science. But at the end of the day, we need help. We need the help of the patients and the caregivers to fully understand the impact and potential of what we do. And with that humility moving forward, we will create new medicines that are patient-focused. Right. Now, then you have about a moment five years ago, uh, or a little bit before that even, that you instigated or started this this C3 price. It's about changing cancer um, and and, and, uh, in patients, patients' cancer care. How did that come to be? This this was a creation within the oncology division uh, inside of Estellus. Uh, I joined the organization about a year ago, and it was one of my first experiences uh, after starting. The, the C3 Prize was it was around this time of year, and it was in the process of reviewing or gathering some uh, applicants and then reviewing them a, a short time later. And it struck me as such an impactful program. It really speaks to what patient centricity supports. And that is understanding needs, understanding how we can help patients beyond the medicine, beyond the injection or beyond the pill. Such an important concept because we know that there are many, many factors uh, uh, impacting patient care and also the uh, emotional impact of patients and caregivers. This C3 prize opens up the ability to to come up with innovative ideas to the world, a global approach to ideas that could be big, they could be small, but they they will be impactful and they could have such a big influence over how patients feel and how they approach their diagnosis and treatment. You mentioned about the fact that patients are very important. Of course, that's they, they need to have a cure. They need to have a drug to be treated. They have a choice in some situations. Sometimes they don't have a choice. Uh, when when you look at, at accessibility of, of treatment, unfortunately, even in a country like ours, there is still a situation that people um, have to decline in some areas treatment simply because of the fact that they may live too far away from a clinic where they can be treated or in rural territories where there is no physician available to actually guide them. Now, when you look at, at the enormous amount of issues and enormous amount of problems that are surrounding healthcare in general, whether it's diversity, whether it's, it's accessibility, whether is that some of the things that with the C3 price that you look at how to tweak treatment, how you can, can make sure that people, uh, patients, but also the family members can be included in, in the total plan of treatment? 
Exactly, exactly. I think um, if you look over past winners of the C3 uh, prize, it included uh, projects that helped with childcare, projects that helped with digital education. So it is exactly what you described. How can we understand the complexity that these patients face? Not only the patient, but their caregivers and their families. And any idea, any, it doesn't have to be digital or tech. It doesn't have to be big. It could be simple, but it could be very, very influential over how patients perceive their illness, their ability to be treated, and overall their interaction and emotional stability within their families. Now, you mentioned the price prices. Again, the, the, the price is now in its fifth year. Can you tell, give me some examples of, of past year's uh, winners uh, in terms of uh, how they uh, developed something that was picked up by Stellas, maybe to pick up something that we deem within the last five years as, as something very normal that, that should be part of treatment? Yeah, so you know, I'll, I'll talk about the last couple of winners, which I'm more familiar with. Uh, all of them have been very, very uh, uh, innovative and great ideas, but Last year's winner was a Nanny Angel Network, where they uh, created an opportunity to help with childcare when patients needed to go uh, for their treatments. So it was exactly what your last question alluded to. There are so many complicating factors about transportation and access and care for your children and your general family needs. How can we create opportunities that have nothing to do with the medicine, but have everything to do with the care of the patient That's a perfect example of an idea that would have long-lasting um, positive influences over the experience. Digital education tools, there were methods to educate patients along their entire cancer journey. There were uh, some digital ideas that were designed to help patients who are in the hospital be able to send messages around whether or not they wanted to have visitors or whether they were up to visitors or whether they wanted a special sort of uh, engagement encounter, pizza, things that would make their day a little bit better. So there's so many opportunities. Those are just naming a few that were, in my mind, so, so positive and a positive impact on the patient. Let's take a break. And then we're back with our interview with Dr. Anthony Johnny. Dr. Johnny is Senior Vice President, Patient Centricity at Estellas. In his role, he is responsible for leading the development and execution of Estella's global patient centricity strategy. In our program today, we talk about Estella's Oncology's annual C3 prize, a global challenge designed to spark cancer care innovation beyond medicine and to make a big impact in the cancer community. I'm Peter Hofland, and this is The Youngers in Brief. Sarcoma. Odds are you've never heard that word before. But for the 40 people diagnosed with sarcoma every day, it is a life-changing word. Life-changing and devastating because sarcoma is cancer. Sarcoma is a cancer of bone and soft tissue more prevalent in children than in adults. More than 6,000 people lose their lives to sarcoma each year. Treatment options for sarcoma are limited and new therapies are desperately needed. More research and increased awareness is necessary to find a cure for a cancer that you probably didn't even know existed until now. Through awareness, advocacy, and research, the Sarcoma Foundation of America is determined to help those affected by this forgotten cancer, to bring hope to the children and adults whose lives are forever changed by a word they had never heard before, 
Please help us in the fight to find the cure for sarcoma. For more information on sarcoma and the work of the Sarcoma Foundation of America, please go to curesarcoma.org. This is the Alcazine Brief with Peter Hoffman. And welcome back. I'm Peter Hofland, and this is the Youngest in Brief. Yeah, and I think it is interesting that you mentioned that it goes beyond the actual drug therapy. Of course, that's part of the whole uh, the process in, in trying to restore a patient's health. But what you're doing with the C3 price, it goes way beyond that. It does. And I think that's one of the most important key components of it, right? Because there is this view that one, we have to do what we have to do to create new medicines and therapeutics. I think everyone would agree with that. But while we're doing that, what else can we do? How can we help patients just feel better, feel less like patients, take a little bit of burden off of them for even a temporary period of time if, if, if that's all we'll offer. But whatever it is, we should be making every effort to do so. And this C3 prize is such a great example of opening up the potential to the world and not just simply saying at Estellas, we have all the answers. Just the contrary. With humility, we're saying to the world, come and give us your best ideas and we'll pick a few of them and try to help you um, make them make them a reality. Now, the program, it, it, it's a price. It's not just a program, it's a price. What do people get out of this price? I mean, so if, if for example, uh, we have a team of of that wants to do something unique um, and, and submit that to Estellas or the, 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 the team with the C3 price, what is the process? What do they get? So there's one grand prize winner that will receive $100,000 and two innovation prize winners that will receive $50,000 each. But beyond that, they'll also receive necessary support and process support to help execute on their ideas. So it's a fairly comprehensive approach. So it's not simply just passing along a congratulations. It's passing along a substantial amount of financing to help them execute from a financial perspective, but also providing them with some infrastructure support as needed to bring their idea to not only to reality, but to a impactful presence in the area that they're, they're focused in on. And, and the price is open to whom? It's open uh, broadly. It's not restricted by geography. Um, it's open to any idea, simple or complex, technology-driven or not. Um, and I think that's important, too. I, 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 we want to make sure that people don't feel intimidated by the simplicity of an idea or by the complexity of it. We're open to all ideas. And I think that's what's important. Bring them to the table. Sometimes the simple things like childcare can have the most influential impact. So, I mean, but that's, that's a good thing to know because obviously, and, and you alluded to that also earlier, it's not only the drug that needs to be given to the patient or to have access to, but there are so many things. The moment some a patient uh, or family member of a patient hears that he or she has cancer, often the communication stops. I mean, in, in situations, they, they may not even understand the next part of the, the conversation. A couple of weeks ago, I had a, an interview with an, a patient and, and uh, his, uh, his doctor basically 
suggesting that the moment he received his diagnosis, um, he thought his life was over and basically shut down in terms of understanding. So solutions to help with that, but also with transportation, with, with maybe sure that people are adhering to the drugs on a regular basis if it's not necessarily something they need to do in the clinic. Those are all kind of elements of the things that you would support, potentially. Yeah, for sure. There, there's really no, it's a beyond the pill, beyond the injection, beyond the medicine approach to care. Again, I, I like to make the distinction between treatment and caring and care for the patient because care is much more comprehensive. And we're looking for ideas that can help us or help patients uh, in their natural environment with the things that may uh, they may need help with. And it could be anything from education and access to emotional support or family needs. Right. Now, this year we're confronted with uh, COVID, uh, something that uh, we probably didn't count on um, last year, but it had also an impact on the C3 price. So certain things have changed, I understand. Tell me a little bit about that. And can you tell me how the pandemic helped evolve the, the, the focus of the price? Well, I think, I think so from, from my perspective, the COVID pandemic has really exaggerated some things that have been a problem prior to the pandemic and will likely exist post-pandemic, but it's become very, we've become very aware of such things as patients' access, the ability to leave the home to get to a treatment center. Now, now patients are a little bit concerned about, am I more at risk by doing that? But we've always seen socioeconomic issues with the ability to access your care. There's been issues with education. How, how do they understand the current environment? Are they getting information that's helpful to them to make decisions? There was also issues that we know of around patients and being able to escape the patient role when all you're doing is going from telemedicine visit to telemedicine visit or to access care, but you lost that socialization that goes along with everyone's normal existence. Telemedicine in and of itself is a complicating factor. So what I think the pandemic has done is highlighted the, the even more so the importance of these C3 props and the, the, the individuals that will be submitting their ideas because we see now more than ever the importance of supporting patients and their families and their caregivers beyond the medicine. And so never, you know, as, as important as this always was and was clear to be, even more so now. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, in terms of, of the C3 price, um, so far it's been focusing on cancer. And that's, of course, the three Cs in the C3 price. But I can imagine that, that uh, with a company like Astellas and, and other potential pharmaceutical partners that are maybe part of, 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 of potentially part of a future development, um, there may be other needs in other therapeutic areas. Is, is that some of the things that you're also looking at? Because, of course, your company is not only focusing on cancer. Yeah, so our company focuses beyond the cancer therapeutic area. The C3 Prize, of course, as you pointed out, is really focused on the cancer space and is supported by and sponsored by uh, the, can the oncology division at Astellas. Uh, your point around are there other areas where such ideas and activities are necessary for sure? And Again, the patient centricity division exists at Astellas, not in the way of a C3 prize, but to address many of the things that patients are facing and encountering. 
so that we can integrate that into our normal processes, business as usual, so that everything we do has a patient-centered focus to it. Now, talking about, about things like issues, mention some beyond the C3 price, mention some of the things that in patient-centricity are key to your daily work, or maybe some of the things that you've seen in developments over the last couple of years. I mean, I know that you're there not too long yet, uh, but seen, seen in your own experience in terms of concern, whether you're a practicing physician in a hospital or a clinic or working for the company that you work for right now, what really keeps you awake at night? I'll tell you, I've been in the patient centricity space for about 10 years. Uh, while I've been at Estellas for one year, the thing that strikes me is the Estellas commitment to the patient. And I think part of what we need to do as an industry is continue to push forward with innovative science for sure. But mm -hmm. one of the things that has to happen is as we develop molecules and science and as we move them through development, we need to not only engage patients, but we need to make the information that we obtain actionable. We need to be able to understand, such as we're doing with this prize, what is going on in the lives of a patient that are impactful, and how does that impact the next generation of therapeutics? And if we do that effectively, we will be able to, as an industry and as an organization, concentrate our focus on high-value, clinically meaningful opportunities and for sure impact the patient, not only with the medicine, but we would have learned much about the patient's existence in the real world setting. So coming along with a new treatment will be our deep understanding of their other needs in the real world setting. So a comprehensive approach, medicine and beyond the medicine is what we're trying to deliver at Estella so that every patient that we try to address with the therapeutic, we have a deep understanding of their existence, their needs, with the pill, with the treatment, and beyond the treatment. So that's the idea behind patient centricity in my view. It's not just in engaging the patient, but it's creating an actionable method of using, utilizing their information and their insights to develop that next generation of medicines. And the thing that, if you say what, what keeps me up at night, there's not much because I think that we've made enormous progress in industry and certainly within Estella's to do this effectively and impactfully. The thing that would keep me up is if the, I, this idea that's, that's caught on over the last six or seven years stalls, because I, I, I mm -hmm. think that the pandemic has clearly showed us in an exaggerated way, the patient needs go far beyond the treatment and care, care requires much, much more. Let's take a break. And then we're back with Dr. Anthony Gianni. Dr. Gianni is Senior Vice President, Patient Centricity at Estellas. In this role, he is responsible for leading the development and execution of Estella's global patient centricity strategy. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is encouraging cancer patients and survivors to be extra cautious during the COVID-19 pandemic. Cancer treatment, especially chemotherapy, weakens the immune system, making you at higher risk of severe illness. Dr. Lisa Richardson is director of the CDC's Division of Cancer Prevention and Control. Take these steps to stay healthy. Wash your hands often with soap and water. Clean and disinfect frequently touch surfaces daily. Stay home. If you must leave, keep at least six feet between you and others. Avoid touching your face, eyes, nose, and mouth with unwashed hands. If your temperature is 100.4 or higher, call your doctor. 
Use CDC's coronavirus self-checker to help you make decisions about seeking medical care. Make sure your caregivers and household members are aware of your higher risk and take precautions. Visit cdc.gov backslash coronavirus and preventcancerinfections.org for more health tips. This is the Alcazine Brief with Peter Hofflin. If you're just joining us, this week I'm talking with Dr. Anthony Johnny. Dr. Johnny is Senior Vice President, Patient Centricity at Estellas. Now, imagine, for example, I mean, over the last, I think, decades, I mean, there is um, a shift in, in the way drugs are administered, for example. I mean, in, initially, in an in-hospital setting, a lot of drug companies started to to provide an oral therapies for, for certain things. But then come, comes this other problem with patients that their adherence goes down because, of course, they're not in a controlled setting. All kinds of issues that may develop as a result of that. Uh, the drug doesn't really work well because the patients doesn't adhere. Are these problems that, that you encounter in, as, as a doctor? And, and are these things that you're trying to solve with your patient centricity? How to impact patients' life in a positive sense, but then also further trying to find out how to fine-tune the therapies that people are more adherent to, to drug therapy. Is, is that some of the things that you do? Yeah, Peter, that's a great, great question. And in fact, one that we're addressing very directly within patient centricity at Estellas. And we've created a behavioral science consortium, a whole arm of patient centricity that focuses in on behaviors. We know that even when in the face of a very or reasonably effective treatment or an innovative treatment, behavior still impacts a good deal of whether the outcomes are positive or less positive. So how do we understand that? Well, we've created a consortium, a global group of experts we're developing to help us understand behaviors that both impede care and behaviors that uh, positively impact care. Because That is a big component for the patient and also the physician and caregivers. So your point about adherence and compliance, yes, that's a big part of a beyond-the-pill understanding of the patient in the real-world setting. Clinical trial setting and real-world setting are quite different. So how do we better understand the ways that we can help patients make better decisions or understand their concerns or anxieties and address them ahead of time so that we can promote better interactions with their physicians, their caregivers, better understanding of how good outcomes can be achieved and then support them in that way. Right. And, and, and again, this is not something that you only do in the United States. I assume that this is something that is a process that you also try to do on a worldwide basis. Yeah. Patient centricity is a global division. We, uh, we develop global relationships with, we engage patients globally. We have a global view of behaviors of all of the patient centricity activities, they're occurring in a global way. Because as you pointed out, the cultures and geographies are quite different on how they approach treatment and how they approach some of the other beyond the treatment um, issues that exist. When you talk about accessibility and education of patients, in, in some cultures outside, and, and, and we encounter them also here in the United States, but sometimes outside of the United States, in a situation where Patients are not aware of their disease or they basically shielded from their disease by their family members. And, and it's not customarily told in, in some cultures that they are sick. 
yet they 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 need to adhere to their drug regimen. I mean, are how does that change the way you look at patient centricity in that way? Yeah, so patient centricity is brand agnostic, meaning we approach we our focus is patients and disease wherever wherever they they are. So part of what we need to do as a division is understand the patient in their setting first, not try to change particular cultures, but understand them first and then provide where necessary and where um, where appropriate. You know, education is a key, right? So it's yeah. not just patient centricity, but all pharma and medical divisions are trying to educate patients with regard to disease and appropriate treatments and also healthcare providers as well. So this is a a, a a very global focus that requires a geographic understanding so that you can apply the right approach so that patients get the most out of their treatment opportunities. Now, looking at patient centricity and looking from a global global perspective, what are some of the things that you may have learned over the, the last years um, which you thought is like a, that, that, that's unique, I mean, in terms of, of the way how to approach patients? Well, I think the, the first and foremost, you, you, you know, we've created an infrastructure that makes sure that everything is appropriate, legal and compliant, because each, each, each country, each geography has different rules of engagement. And that's mm-hmm. the most important, is making sure that we protect any privacy uh, issues and, and, and protect the patient at, at, at every step of the way. So once, you, once you've ensured that all activities are done in a way that ensures patient privacy and all the legal and compliant approaches, I think then it's how do you, uh, how do you um, access that information? And then how do you utilize that information in ways that help them ultimately? How do we create that next generation of medicines that is more appropriate and clinically meaningful to them? That's the whole focus behind patient centricity. It's not about the particular molecule. It's about the particular disease and the patient and in, in infusing that understanding so other teams can can uh, focus their energies in the right way. Right. Now, the price is uh, the C3 price. Going back to the C3 price, it's it's still open. I think it's open till uh, later this month. So if people listening to the show would say, hey, this is this is something that I've been working on. I mean, it's a great idea. What is it that they can do and where can they go? So they absolutely should submit their any ideas that they have. And again, we encourage everyone with any idea to please submit it. We're happy to review it. We think there's so much potential. Again, I'll repeat, simplicity or complexity is irrelevant. It's what the impact will be. We are accepting um, entries through September 28th, and finalists will be announced in December and with the winners announced in March. So there's still time, plenty of time for, for everyone to submit their ideas and have them considered. We look forward to many, 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 many submissions. Do you have a little bit of a peek in, in, in terms of, of the, I mean, in terms of what's going on? Is it simplicity is key? Uh, it's not only about technology, uh, but what are some of the, 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 beyond the simplicity and beyond the technology, what are something that people should consider when they would like to submit uh, their idea? I think with, with, with every new idea, it usually comes from an identified need, right? So many of these people far more expert than I am uh, through their own personal experiences and through their work with particular groups of patients 
see a, see a need. They see a, they identify something that's just not working, mm-hmm. and they come up with a solution that could solve that problem. And again, you're right. It has nothing to do with simplicity or complexity. It could be either. But if it doesn't solve a need, it probably is not going to be something that's that's exciting to patients. But if there's something that's exciting that would be impactful, I, I think that those are the kind of things that that we've seen in the past that really uh, made a difference. And then again, it uh, doesn't matter. They can be individuals. They can be companies. They don't have to be in healthcare, but if they can actually provide something or or do something that makes it an interesting opportunity that may lead to uh, a solution for a problem. Again, they can be cancer cancer patients. It can be cancer caregivers. I mean, so everybody that has an ID um, would be able to join. Is that correct? That's right. That's right. Okay. Well, thank you very much um, for um, for this uh, for our our interview this uh, morning. I'm looking forward to maybe talk to you in December or maybe in March next year to find out uh, who were the winners of, of this year's C3 prize. Thank you very much. Thank you, Peter. Stay well. In today's edition of the Oncogene Brief, I spoke with Dr. Anthony Gianni, Senior Vice President Patient Centricity at Estellas. For more information about Estellas, visit the company's website at estellas.com and estellasoncology.com. For more information about the C3 price, go to c3price.com. That is c3price.com. For us here at the Oncogene Brief, we want to thank you, our listeners, sponsors and advertisers, for your ongoing support. Your support makes it possible that you can hear this program via PRX, Public Radio Exchange, and in the United Kingdom and mainland Europe via UK Health Radio. And you can also download our program via podcast and streaming media, including iTunes and Spotify. For more information about supporting the Ongazine Brief, go to ongazine at ongazine.com. If you're living in the United States and want to receive our newsletter, text the word CANCER to 66866. And we will make sure that you'll receive our newsletter, which includes an overview of the latest news in oncology and hematology. Thank you all. And thank you for listening. And join us again for our next episode. I'm Peter Hofland, and this is The Youngest in Brief. The Oncazine Brief is produced for Sun Valley Communication by Peter Hofland, Sonia Portillo, Evan Went, David Kaler, and distributed by Inpress Media Group. Support for the Oncazine Brief comes from listeners of this station and our commercial underwriters and advertisers. For more information about underwriting and sponsoring options, visit our website at oncazine.com forward slash underwriting. The Oncazine Brief contains health and medicine related information and is provided for educational and entertainment purposes only. The content is not intended as a substitute for professional medical or health advice and does not replace your doctor's advice. Your doctor is the best person to answer questions about your personal health. If you hear something in this program that doesn't agree with what your doctor has told you, ask him or her about it.